world. Pass first point guard and trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listens. Coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. I have done it. I've listened to the podcasts. I've read the newsletters. And I have returned from the depths to bring you the latest butt that is being scuttled indeed it is a rumors show, uh, rumors being things that are actually reported by people that know stuff. Um, I think that word is used poorly when it's like sort of speculation. I, I certainly do a bunch of informed speculating on this podcast, but when I have something, I tell you I have something. These are people that have something, and it's really answering this question that we have been parsing on the show each, you know, most of, most of last week, which is that the Blazers seem to be poised with a difficult challenge ahead of them that Damon Lord has said he's you know that's enough with 19 year olds and that his that route is not my route if the Blazers choose to build he doesn't want to build something that takes two and three seasons to get there he wants them to trade for an impact veteran and go for it so the the obvious the obvious sort of assumption was that when the Blazers got a lottery pick that they would trade that lottery pick and answer Dame's wishes, and I talked about it on shows last week. In fact, if you're curious about this, I did a show making the case for the Blazers trading the pick, making a case for the Blazers keeping the pick, kind of both sides of the coin, giving the logic to both of them. There's, I dedicated 30 minutes to each of those. you got an hour of podcasts waiting for you in your feed right before this one. But Damian Lillard made those comments, and, and, and Joe Cronin didn't say it as pointedly, but he did say po- as pointedly as he could in, on multiple occasions now that they're trying to support and maximize Damian Lord's timeline and win with Dame. He didn't specifically say, hey, we're going to trade this and do that, but he said, we're going to try to win with Dame, and Dame said, they're going to have to trade the pick to win with me. Um, and like you can find that those two seem to be aligned in that thinking, but those comments... Happened before, for the most part, at X interviews. I would say that Joe Cronin after it happened before they happened before the draft lottery. So it was like the Blazers are the fifth best odds. They were the, the most likely spot they were going to end up was seventh. They actually didn't end up with seventh. They jumped up to three. It's a game changer. I will say at the draft lottery, Joe Cronin did kind of double down and we're trying to maximize Dame's timeline. He talked about, you know, whether we use the pick or someone else does. It'll be really valuable. He kind of hinted that the Blazers maybe were still leaning that way. But the recent reporting from around the league, people who are plugged in, seems to suggest that the Blazers are trying to thread the magical needle. Por que no los dos? Why not both? They're trying to have their cake and eat it too. We're doing a lot of metaphors, a lot of idioms here to begin the show. But the reporting suggests that the Blazers... Want to keep Damon Lord and and they want to keep the number three pick, the middle ground. I floated this on an episode, uh, came out Thursday of last week. That it's like if you're really rooting for the Blazers to, um, to to make the pick and you don't want them to get Dame, you're kind of rooting for them to find this middle ground. And the middle ground seems to be something that, um, at least the Blazers are positioning and posturing themselves to say we are comfortable taking, uh, to wits back. 10 days ago now, Jonathan Giovoni was on uh, 
was on the Low Post, an ESPN podcast, and he said that the Blazers were, quote, very happy drafting a player with three and we didn't need to trade it. But at the time, Jonathan Giovoni was former, like, worked with Mike Schmitz in the Blazers front office for like a decade. And it's like, of course, that's the line. Of course, that's the line. I didn't even cover it on the show. Like, it, it's, um, and I don't mean to, like, suggest that, that, that Giovoni doesn't, um, you know, b- believe that and wasn't told that and all that. Like, again, I'm not questioning the reporting. I'm questioning my belief in the, in, in, in like in the Intel, right? Like is that it seems like that to me strikes me as something uh, like the Blazers, when everyone and everyone and their granny knows that the Blazers want to trade three, they're getting it out there that they're very happy not trading three is just like, it's good posturing. It's good. Like um, it's good to get the messaging out there a little bit cleaner, but that messaging has got louder and from multiple sources to wits, Adrian Wojnarowski in a, in a podcast that dropped on Friday, a couple podcasts dropped on Friday talking about the Blazers. So did mine talking about on Blazers over the weekend. Though I listened to these podcasts, read read a couple um, Mark Stein Steinlines newsletters, and I got the latest rumors on Friday on uh, the Woj Pod, Adrian Wojnarowski's pod on ESPN. He had Jonathan Giovanni on there, and they talked for about an hour about all things draft stuff and hidden within that hidden at like the 12 minute mark if you want to go back and listen wherever you get podcasts or if you're listening to this wherever you are listening to this the uh Woj talked about with with Jonathan Giovoni. Jonathan Giovoni is a guy who found a draft express draft guru like has been doing this for closing in on 20 years um he was already when I was back covering uh high school sports and 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 then the Blazers early on he was before he got hired at ESPN he was hot stuff before ESPN and now he's been working at ESPN for five or six years. He's a, he's, this dude is, is as plugged in with the draft stuff as anyone in the world. He's on, he's on Woj's pod and Woj, of course, um, powerful news broker in the league. But Woj says that it would take a pretty elite player to trade number three in this draft, a pretty elite player. And Jonathan Giovoni concurred, saying they would need to be blown away by an offer. Quote, blown away. Giovoni continued, saying, I don't see a trade out there that's going to make sense for them. That seems to be pointing to the Blazers keeping three, but in that same same breath, Woj just said the Blazers plan to build around Dame and try to win, and Javoni said they're trying to win right away. Mentioned re-signing Jeremy Grant. This is the both scenario. Cake and eating it. Draft at three to try to get that generational talent and try to win. But, but Woj and Javoni, who, um, you know, obviously Javoni has a connection in the front office that's like very obvious, but like... That's, that's how people it's like how people break news is that you know people um but Brian Windhorst who was who's um in in the world of big news breakers Wendy is one of the few that is that is sort of the least motivated is how I will the language I will use and Wendy said on a podcast on the Hoop Collective that also came out on Friday available wherever you get podcasts also on May 26th uh said that uh the Blazers are making, now that they have number three in the draft, they, it, the pick is, quote, not as available as it would have been if they had fallen back in the lottery. It would have been not as available. And Wendy said they might try to walk the line of keeping the pick and keeping Dame. And in that same podcast, <laughs> Tim McMahon said, I wish them luck. I was going to do my Tim McMahon super Texan voice. I love Tim McMahon. He's, he's a funny guy. Uh, it's, it, um, I, I think there is still some skepticism, but I will say this. The Blazers are posturing like, hey, 
If you want three, make a real serious offer because we are totally fine, totally fine drafting at three. And that's the same thing that Mark Stein reported back on May 20th was that uh, that the Blazers were prepared to hold on to the number three overall pick. They were prepared. This, this Stein said that right after Javoni on, on May 19th said the Blazers are very happy. Stein on May 20th said that the Blazers are prepared to hold on to it. But the way Stein phrased it was the, that that is the, the message that the Blazers are trying to get out there. That's why I like Mark Stein. Calls it like he sees it. I think you can read this one of two ways. One, you can read it as, uh, I think in the the sort of most skeptical way is that the Blazers are still like kind of maybe have marching orders to trade the pick or else, hence Tim McMahon says, I wish them luck. If three's not on the table, Damian Lillard might be. That's a direct quote from Tim McMahon in that same exact windy podcast and says the number three's not as available. They don't really get into it, but, but McMahon shoots back and says that and certainly people who are plugged in and know stuff around the league. You can read this as the Blazers um, just saying, hey, we, we, if you're going to, if you're going to make an offer for three, we're going to need to be wowed, which seems to be what everyone's saying. Or you can read this as driving up the price, or you can read this as straight up lying. (laughs) There's a couple different reads. It's either just, it's either like real truth, like, Hey, we're totally comfortable picking at three and, and we will push forward with a really, really, really good rookie and it's okay. Or it's listen, Mikael Bridges, trading three for Mikael Bridges is a really good offer. Sean Marks over there in Brooklyn, it's a really good offer. How are you ever going to flip Mikael Bridges for a better pick than number three in the 2023 draft? So you can tell us you're not interested, but you better call us back if and know that this it doesn't get sweeter than this. And if you try to trade him down the line, it ain't going to get sweeter than this either. This is a high, this is highly coveted. I would say that it's mostly my read on this, if you want my my read as opposed to offering you three different ones, is that this is the Blazers posturing. They are probably okay with trading three, but knowing that it takes some buy-in from Dame and that's going to take other things. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But moreover, what they're saying is, deal's not out there right now for us because everyone kind of thought, well, we were going to do this. Well, guess what? If the deal's not out there, we don't feel any pressure because it's not we're not we're not just going to cave. We're going to get a good deal. And I'm, you know, three weeks out before the draft. No easy negotiations. And now the public push, you know, this is this is multiple sources, you know, people within ESPN, but like Javoni, Woj, Brian Windhorst, Mark Stein, like everyone is hearing the same thing that the Blazers are totally comfortable keeping that number three overall pick. And that means that the sort of marching orders with Dame. Hey, I thought we had to tread and I thought we, he was done with 19 year olds. Then it throw that throws a whole wrench in it. I want to talk about that later in the show is like the unknown part of Damian Lillard's buy-in. But first I want to mention uh, a trade, a sort of trade facilitation piece with DeAndre Ayton. It's not going to Portland, but the Blazers could be involved. At least that's what Bill Orm of the Oregonian heard talk about that in the second segment but first i want to tell you about prize picks it's daily fantasy made easy and right now you could win a million dollars playing prize picks all you got to do is play every single day because every day from 
now until the NBA Finals end in the second week of June, one Prize Picks user will win a chance at becoming a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 p.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Excuse me, 8 a.m. Eastern time in the morning will be randomly selected each day. Whoever placed that entry will be given a six-pick flex with the following payouts: you get all six of your picks correct, you win a million dollars. You get all, you get five out of six picks correct, eighty thousand dollars. You get four out of six picks correct, sixteen thousand dollars. Full details can be found at PricePicks.com/slash/million. You must opt in at that link to be eligible for the million dollar entry. Once you opt in, all you got to do is play the game like normal and you could be the lucky winner. So why not play the game like normal? Go to prizepicks.com or download the Price Picks app and sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 when you sign up using the promo code LOCKED ON. If you deposit $100, Price Picks is going to give you $100. You deposit $50, Price Picks is going to give you $50. Don't forget, enter that promo code LOCKED ON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, Bill Orem of the Oregonian, Oregonian's uh, columnist, went to the NBA Draft Combine. He came back and did a podcast, as, as any self-respecting port, reporter would do. He wrote like three columns from Chicago, and then he came back and hopped on the podcast. He was on Sports by Northwest, which is... Um, one of the Oregonians' uh, overarching sports podcasts. And he was on there with Aaron Fentress, uh, Blazers beat writer. And and Bill said, and Orem said, that he had heard a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, that Aiton to Dallas was the sort of the, the, the rumor, the like the most likely destination. That is DeAndre Aiton, Suns center and former num- number one overall pick, who signs kind of against his will a max contract to return to Phoenix last year. He signed a contract with Indiana and Phoenix matched it after there was all these rumors that he was going to get traded and the Suns kind of held out on signing him. Yada, yada, yada. He was, um, you know, he's pro- his days are probably done in, in Phoenix. They have a really expensive roster. He's making over $30 million a year. It's probably not worth the money, but he's probably better than he's played in Phoenix and maybe a change of scenery. We'll unlock him. Will it unlock him to be a $35 million a year player? We'll see, but it could probably he could probably get more out of him in a different setting. So his name is a back on the trade market, and he's been long, long linked to Dallas. Uh, Bill is not the first person to report that DeAndre Ayton has been linked to the Dallas Mavericks. In fact, Mark Stein in that same newsletter where I said that... Uh, um, Actually, a couple days later, Mark has been charting him out over the Stein line. Subscribe on Substack is that Dallas is maybe not as hot on DeAndre Ayton as has been reported. But but Bill said he heard that a bunch. That was the sort of what what executives were saying at the NBA Combine when the league descended on uh, on Chicago to do the draft lottery and see all the draft prospects work out of the Combine. But the Blazers were involved in this rumor. But not in the way that you may have hoped, or if you're not an Aiton person, you are thankful that they aren't connected directly to him. What what um, Bill says he heard in this podcast and in on Sports by Northwest is that Dallas would get DeAndre Ayton, Phoenix then would have a hole at center, and they would have some interest in Yusuf Nurkic, who makes like half as much money as DeAndre Ayton, and the Blazers would get involved in to facilitate, and then so they would get some pieces back, um, just off like the sort of top of my head, because Bill said he didn't know specifically in that podcast, he, has, he didn't specifically know who, who the Blazers might be interested in, or if it was you know more than just three teams, whatever it is, but it's like the Blazers get back something like Maxi Kleba and um, and Tim Hardaway Jr. and Kleba is like a 
darn good defensive player, but like not as miscast as a starting center as Dallas asked him to be a bunch last year, or a closing center maybe is more accurate to describe him. And Tim Hardaway Jr. is a dude who shoots a lot off the bench. But like the Blazers could use veteran help and better and just like more depth. And I think there's some value there. It would leave the Blazers with a big hole at center. They'd have to figure out who's their starting center and who's their who's you know who's also their backup center. Um, and maybe you bring Eubanks back for that backup spot, but you still need 30 minutes a night in the middle, and they would be hurting for it. But it, 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 it ties into what I was talking about in the second segment because what if the Blazers go this route? What if they say, okay, the 23rd pick in the draft gets us X and X and X. Amphrey Simons and the 23rd pick in the draft gets us, you know, because, uh, you know, everyone that the Raptors held out too long and 23 plus a protected future pick that we somehow get back from Chicago and Amphrey Simons gets, it gets OG and OB, right? It makes it, you make it happen or, or, or Ants and Nazir Little and, and 23 gets Pascal Siakam because the asking price just comes down because Siakam's making $38 million and entering free agency. And there just isn't as hot a trade market as you might've thought, even though he's really stinking good. But it's a bunch of money, and you know, do you want to be the team that pays Pascal Siakam next? That's really what you're trading for, et cetera, et cetera. And Blazers have stuff to trade. They make it happen. They make it happen with with 23. And then I don't even think that's very reasonable. But I'm just I'm spitballing here, right? Then they st- they have three, and then you need to make trades to fill out the roster because the hard part of what the Blazers do after they if if they can swing that home run trade, whatever it looks like. Even if three's involved, if they can swing that home run trade, they're still going to need depth. They're still going to desperately need depth. They do not have a ton of NBA, like high level, can play when it matters, NBA level depth. Like Jabari Walker's an interesting player. Trent uh, Watford's like a fun player, but like neither of those dudes you're going to want to like start the season with. Be like, those guys are going to play in the playoffs for sure. You just like, you want, they need more depth. And I think it's this type of middle middle route where, you know, maybe Nurk isn't in the home run trade and maybe the, the, the best players in the trade go in another direction, but the Blazers add multiple parts that adds depth, that adds, that adds some, that adds some helpful pieces to the back end of the rotation. And then you figure out what the front end of the rotation looks like with some more aggressive trades up top. That brings me to what I want to close the show with. And I alluded to it in the first segment as well. It's like, what is unknown here are two big things. What is Anthony Simon's trade value? And what is Dame's appetite for the middle round or the, the middle route? The third option, staying in the middle, doing both, making the pick and keeping Dame. What's Dame's appetite for it? I think these two unknowns will be the most interesting parts of the Blazers offseason. That's what what we'll talk about to close the show. Join me in that third segment, won't you? Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. We're still listening to Locked On Blazers. So we talked about the myriad places that are reporting that Damian Lillard, that the Blazers are comfortable keeping the number third, number three overall pick, the third pick of the draft. Drafting a rookie. You know, you're going to get a really good player there. It's thought of as a really, really, you know, three the three best picks in this, or best prospects in this draft are thought of very, very highly by draft experts. Whether it's Scoot Henderson or whether it's Brandon Miller available at three, it is, these are, you know, these are thought of as very, very um, intriguing pieces. You know, it's the reason why there's a bunch of rumors that Houston at four and Detroit at five want to move up into that top three because they are interested. Or if they can't move up, you know, trade trade out and get other stuff because 
you know, it's, there might be some movement because the really intriguing pieces seem to be in the top three. Not, I mean, I don't think that's like universal across the board because a lot of people like Amon Thompson, but like that seems to be more common with the more draft stuff that I read. So the Blazers might just be comfortable. There's myriad reporting. The Blazers just say, hey, we're comfortable taking three. But that's the question. It, it, it leads us to that obvious question. What's Dame's comfort with this? I think this is unknowable. I think this is unknowable. Um, you know, Dame might, he goes on, he seems to go live on Instagram a bunch. So maybe ask him when he's live on Instagram. Um, just broadcasting live from a local boxing gym. Uh, like, But it's, it is... Dame's actual comfort, you know, when he said this stuff at exit interviews and he did, he did an interview again on ESPN too, it's just basically like, I want them to make a big impact trade and I want them to go for it and I want them to be aggressive and I don't want to play with youngsters. That's not what I want to do. It's very clear. That was before they got the third pick. There's, there's certainly like him and Joe Cronin talk every day. Certainly, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Like, what time they talk but all the time like dame is deep deep, very 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 much involved with the decision making process very 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 much involved it's not like he's um nothing they're gonna do is going to surprise him that's how i'll put it nothing they do is going is going to surprise him he is deeply involved in in and and has been not just with joe cronin but but even before that has been but certainly under the cronin regime Dame has Dame has has a voice in in the decision making and has a has a you know they are they're trying to do right by him and and win with him on the roster that's absolutely their goal. But I think what's unknowable is that this has this might have changed right his opinion might have changed but he's not going to have to do a formal interview where he's like you know what three is different from seven even that might be weird for him because I bet he still feels the same way let's go for it trade for Mikael Bridges he's still thinking it but. The one of the true questions that the Blazers probably won't let us know until draft night happens and they make the pick or trade the pick and what other teams are desperately trying to find out is, okay, how real is this? It's the unknowable variable. Because if Dame is comfortable with this, if he's if he's if he's softened a little bit and he knows that they can get, okay, you know, you can't hit, you can't do this and this. Like you can't Pascal Siakam, the asking price is too high. The the Raptors are really annoying, so we can't get OG Ananobi. We can't get Mikhail Bridges, but we can get X and X third player, right? Um, I don't even have that name off the top of my head because it seems like if they want like an elite wing, those are the elite wings that are gettable. But it's like I don't I like I don't like this trade, but like Demar Derozan, right? If it's something like that, is Dame's would Dame be comfortable enough to say, well, you know what? Matisse Thibel's pretty good. Jeremy Grant's pretty good. Uh, this new center, amorphous new center that we have after we've been facilitators in this DeAndre Ayton to, to Dallas thing. Like, okay, I'm comfortable with this and I'm ready because I know we can do th- these these things in the future. Or is or has nothing changed? And Dame's like, I don't give a I don't give a heck. Like, I don't care. I don't care. I just like nothing has changed. If you do, if you take the pick. Then, you know, because it was pretty clear that it was like, if you draft someone who isn't Victor Wembanyama, then that's probably it for me. But if this posturing that I explained in the, the first segment, if this kind of, if this is real and not just the Blazers trying to like, you know, whatever, turn the lights on and see the cockroaches scattered to get actual draft picks, like get this garbage out of here. Let's see who's like come in the light and play type of thing. Like if they're trying to find what's real by saying we're totally comfortable and, 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 and 
have that sort of public negotiation process. If that's if they're if if they if they're just driving up the price, nothing's changed. But if they're really comfortable, something's changed or nothing's changed. And what they're really comfortable with is that they're going to take the pick because it's the most like healthy thing you could do for the organization. And it means that Dave's going to get traded. The unknowable part is Dame's appetite for that middle route. It seemed to be very clear that it was a, a just a binary choice. Make the pick or trade the pick. And now there seems to be reporting, whether it's noise or, or, or real, that there is a middle route. And Dame's comfort level with the middle route is a unknown that not only we don't know, like I said, like t- other teams, rival teams are desperate to know this level because it, 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 will, it'll, it will impact the negotiation process for sure. The other, I think, unknown variable here that has a huge impact is Anthony Simon's trade value around the league. Ant, I believe here in Portland, like for sure, I'm just judging off, um, you know, listening to my fellow uh, uh, media members here locally talk about, tweet about, write about uh, Damian Lord for the most part. Seen or uh, Amphrey Simons, not Damian Lord, Ant for the most part is like he's seen as like a blue trip, blue chip trade piece, like a really, 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 really good player. And I think fans share that for the most part. Um, sometimes on YouTube, people tell me that I'm undervaluing Anthony Simon. Sometimes I don't really, maybe a handful of people in the email world, but certainly popular on YouTube, pop, popular on a certain video platform, uh, is that Anthony Simons is, is this like elite trade chip. And I think Ant's really good. I, I do. But I wonder if his player prototype, a score first, not particularly good defensive guard who's like under 6'5", is deeply valued across the league. I think it's not, but I would be curious if Amphrey Simons has thought of, if other people say, you know, hey, listen, if, if, if we think he can be a point guard. That would change it. Like, I think it's, I think we will know Amphrey Simons' value if he gets traded this summer and what the package looks like, right? My feeling is that he is, it is lower in general than people think it is in Portland, but it could be like, like, I think I'd rather have, personally, I'd rather have Ant than Tyler Hero. I'd rather have Ant than Jordan Poole, but like, I think those two dudes, their sort of like level of impact in some ways is a reflection of how Ant is perceived. If you're following me there, it's like, that's the type of player he is. It's like a microwave score off the bench type of not really a defender, not really a playmaker, but has some playmaking skills, but like a scorer, like a scorer off the bench, an offense first get buckets type of player. And Simons is like, a really, really good offensive player. He's a really good scorer. He's, he's he was the best he's ever been this year. He's twenty three. Like he's got, um, he he has some really intriguing upside. But I wonder if like that type of player, not really a one, but like a combo guard who scores, has what that value is around the league. Part of me thinks it is being is probably being undervalued or or not undervalued. Part of me thinks that value has diminished a little bit just because of trends across the league. But if, if Ant has real value, if he is really a blue chip type of trade piece, it makes holding on to three easier because then the negotiations are like, Ant is really good. He's good. And Ant plus the 23rd pick nets you something interesting. It seems like the reporting from other places makes me think that Simons is not perceived that way, but I think that is an unknowable. Anthony Simons' trade value as an unknown until it's known, right? It's like, we won't know what, 
your market doesn't like for trade stuff, like your market doesn't get set until like someone leaks a trade that didn't happen because of the, of your value or or the trade actually happens like it's it all happens it, it happens very quickly um it's like the market is, is set very quickly so i think that it, that's like an, a really fascinating fascinating unknowable very unknown variable in this whole thing because if ants trade value is a little bit higher it unlocks the middle ground a lot easier because you can make a pretty darn good trade and still keep three but if you have to if you need three plus ant to get the best of the best, you're probably overpaying and then you're sacrificing some of what makes this team special or potential to be special because they weren't very good this year, period. Uh, I want to be clear. I think those are the two biggest unknowns. It seems like the Blazers are sending the signals everywhere they possibly can that they're totally comfortable taking three. Are they bluffing? Or is this real? Is this a team that looked like they were definitely going to trade seven until they didn't and took Shaden Sharp? Is this the same thing? They were definitely going to trade three. Whispers, okay, maybe they'll just keep three. And then they go that route because, because they're comfortable with it. And what are the domino effects of taking three? Is Tim McMahon right? If three is not available, then Dame might be. Or is this um, prepared to prepared to hang on to number three? Or as Brian Windhorst said, they might try to walk the line. Are the Blazers really going to be able to walk the line? fascinating month to find out if they can do it appreciate you listening to the show more shows the rest of the week i will talk to you soon